Well, we are back, huh? We're back at the Nine Club, everybody. Today, we have a very special, special, special guest. Mr. Gary Vanderchek is with us. How are you? I'm well. Thank you, boys. Thank yeah, you. Dude, thank Happy you Happy to be coming. here. Yeah. It's a beautiful day outside. <laughs> this place smells good was the first thing I said when I got here. Yes. Real setup. There's a lot of lights. Real production. I'm very excited to be We've here. We've yes, grown throughout the years, and uh, you're seeing. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, last year. It didn't look like this. You know, we're yeah. always implementing stuff and trying to build on it. You know, so it's, it's fun. really nice. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate me. It. Yeah, coming yeah. from a guy like you. I, I appreciate that. Well, we're I'm the sure opposite. You have no, no, no. We're wait, the opposite. What? I'm looking at my guys. Right, like it's my office, and like sometimes I don't even turn on the lights. Like <laughs> we do very few things right when it comes to production okay. by production standards. D Rock, why are you mad? Because I want You're talking about a production. Oh. He's your production guy. <laughs> yeah, right? I, see, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure where he was going. It's it's that his that he wants us to. I mean, look, we made a huge listen, I miked when we I did Wine Library TV is kind of how I hit the content scene. Sure. YouTube 2006, February 2006. I did a thousand episodes in five years with no weekends. So if you think about that, in 365 days a year, right? There's 250 like I basically did it every day for five years. Dude. Never with light or even a mic. What? Whatever the camera picked up <laughs> wow. was the audio. <laughs> that was it. That was it, five years, wow. 06 to 11. So when D-Rock came into my life and we started getting serious, what year was that, D-Rock? 14, 15, like late 14 to 15, right? Mm -hmm. Or all 14? 14. 14. He, you remember, I was like, I don't wanna wear yeah, a mic. It felt weird. No. Yeah, first video he made for me, he, he kinda hit me up multiple times, I said yes. We made it one-off video, he, he was amazing, uh -huh. it was amazing, he's amazing, it was great. But he made this little micro film and no miking. So like, it is interesting. I do think I'm getting somewhat seduced by how nice your setup is here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might yeah. have made D-Rock's life because I might be willing to implement some of there it. There we go, there we <laughs> go. It's a big moment. He's cheering yeah, over here on the awesome side. <laughs> I feel like I'm Yo. selling out. See? No, 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 no. You're evolving, that's all. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, well, we try our best, we're just skaters. That are, you know, we grew up skateboarding yep. and we just, you know, we uh, had our whole careers doing it and stuff. And then we just got into the podcasting stuff, yeah. you know, and Roger's a videographer. He made uh, all kinds of, you know, great films yeah. and stuff like that. And we're all skaters, pro skaters. And then, uh, you know, so the he had the camera stuff covered and then I'm, I'm a tech guy. So I love like, you know, putting everything together awesome. and, and getting all that stuff. So we ended up here. Good for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. Appreciate that. I know that. it's going Thank super you. well. No, cool. we, we, we have fun. We have yeah. fun. That's You're bringing a lot of value to your culture and your sub-community. Like, I'm excited because I haven't really talked about doing this show or putting out content. Like, I'm excited because I think there's many people in my community that love the culture of skating. I, myself, never was in that genre heavy. I was talking off camera, I'll bring it up, of like mm -hmm. when it hit my world for a little while. But... I just know a lot of people are gonna be very excited because one thing I do very aggressively for a living is try to pay attention to everything that's going on, mm. not just what I'm interested in, that's what I do for a living in marketing and comms and all that. Mm. And you're incredibly loved and respected in your genre and so I'm really honored to be on the show. Oh, well, so, dude, it's an honor you. to have yeah. you. Yeah. It's an honor <laughs> to have you. And you were saying off camera, like you were saying, um, you, uh, oh, here's some coffee Thank for you. Thank you, a cup yeah. of happy. Yeah. I mean, this is like my place. You know. um, yeah, we just try to have a good time. Yeah, I was saying that in sixth grade, you know, I'm 46, mm -hmm. so in this 1985, 86 realm, all of a sudden, I'd go outside in Edison, New Jersey, to play baseball or wiffle ball or football or like what we did or sell lemonade or sell baseball cards, the stuff I was doing. And I noticed a couple of kids, Andy Greco, big shout out to Andy Greco, mm. Bobby 
stuffy. I remember some of my kids were like friends in a neighborhood, like had skateboards and had the, these skateboards, right. like real skateboards, skateboards. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Because prior to that, you know, we grew up in lower middle class New Jersey. The only skateboard I'd ever seen before I saw the big board was like kind of the thin thing, the thin thing the from thin the seventies and oh, yeah, 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 like yeah. the Jack Tripper, yeah, like right, board. yeah, and I mm-hmm. right exactly, and I played with that. I remember once I like stumbled on one like in Dover where I lived for a couple of years in eighty two, eighty three, but like. And I remember seeing it, and I and it just got so hot so fast. Oh yeah! Like it completely took over overnight. Everybody was wearing jams, and like op. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, now I understand the West Coast flavor had come to the East Coast, but this is pre-internet. There wasn't media coverage. I almost didn't even really know what was going on, and I don't really have the bungee jumping, skyboarding, surfing, <laughs> skating DNA, so I didn't take to it. I actually, like, probably authentically, was hoping it wasn't gonna stick because I was like, no, let's play football, let's let's sell lemonade. But but it really stuck, and it then did. and then it took me, and I was like, mom, I need jams, and mom, I need a skateboard, and like all this stuff. But you know, I was saying off like I never ever really went there skate. Like I don't have that coordinate. It, it wasn't in me. I wasn't capable of really. I mean, I'm sure I could have worked my way to being decent, mm-hmm. but I was butt on board rolling down the biggest hills of New Jersey my whole life. Like my 1986 to 1988 skateboard nuances, and there was also that Nintendo game. What was it? Oh, 720. No, guys, I'm old. Guys, I'm old. No, no, before that. Um, Track and field. <laughs> right, TLC. That's a good one. No, but oh, TNC. 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 Yeah, yeah, it was such a weird game, and like I had the surf. Yes. So yeah, and like that was like it was just a great era of. I remember it so vividly, and when I got older and got really into human psychology, anthropology, culture, movements, that was like a fun thing. I'm like, oh shit, that's when Jersey got affected by the West Coast. That's really cool, mm-hmm. and then and then you know kind of manipulated into its next thing. And we were talking off camera about Lil Wayne, kind mm-hmm. of urban culture wearing Vans, and just like I think we're in this incredible, you know, interesting juxtaposition where our country, America, is really divided on a lot of things and dug into their red and blueness. On the flip side, we're in a mature state of a lot of things that are now fusioned, mm-hmm. right? And I love that, and you know, the skate, surf, Cali culture is one of the most important movements and energies in modern society, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm excited to be visiting it in this micro moment. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we're excited you're visiting yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Bro. And I think it'd be interesting because, like, you know, you're an entrepreneur and all this stuff. I mean, I mean, you've grown these businesses tenfold and you know, very successful. You know, and I thought it'd be interesting to, you know, maybe get your take on, you know, because there's a lot of crossover between businesses, right? It's like skateboarding business and. You know, you're trying to sell merchandise. 100%. You're trying to, um, but skateboarding. You know, everybody's a brand. You yeah, know, of so you know these companies use skateboarders to sell their merchandise sure and their merchandising and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I just thought it'd be interesting to get your take on it on how. I think um, I have a lot of takes on it. You know, even you know, as you were talking, like you know, other things popped in my head when Ryan was massively popular in MTV mm, and right, that exactly. whole movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, uh, as you were just talking, <clears throat> the way energy drinks have really played into this space over the last 25 years. X Games one I remember watching vividly and, like, being curious of, like, oh, is this, like, the like this culture's Olympics? And so, 
you know, even even if we, you know, with Dustin here, I know he likes BMXing and like dirt bike, like all this kind of like, it's really interesting stuff. So my thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. One, no different than any genre. You know, one thing that a lot of people in this space struggle with when they're a pro, when they're starting a brand, is selling out. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah, a big, yeah, yeah. Right? It's a big sure. thing. Well, listen, I'm, I, I came here to bring some value, so I'm going right at the. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's go right at the tail Let's get it. I want to be let's a respectful go. visitor to everybody who's listening. <laughs> this is the elephant in the room for everyone who's listening. Everybody who's listening who's either starting a hoodie brand, is a 9, 12, 15 year old, a 40 year old that's trying to get brand deals and do stuff. All of you listening right now, in any shape or form, whether you're the human or you're starting a brand selling something, the thing that is constantly in your head because this space is so good. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you're seeing these little goosebumps I'm getting right now. <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I was delivering that, it's the reason I was able to go there so quick is the authenticity and truth and awesomeness of true community that this genre has. And I would, I would go all the way from BMX, surf, and skateboarding. I'm com- capturing it all. Sure. It's, it's the gift and the curse. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're about it, you grew up in it, and you're about it, and now you're at the crossroads of the business part, mm. and you've been anti-establishment, fuck the brands. Every brand that was a street brand with you guys that did well because they were young and you were young, when they're at year 10 and they sold their company to Coca-Cola or Pepsi, for the 14-year-old, now that you're 24, for the 14-year-old, that's the sellout brand, mm. even though it wasn't for you. It's just the way the game's played. Absolutely. So what I would say is step one, and this is very powerful. I am a good businessman. I have done well. I am purebred entrepreneur, but the reason I am is I've never compromised ever on my soul or my essence for the short-term dollar. Mm-hmm. And I believe that most people do. Right. That when in the face of their first financial events, they're incapable, and, and I get it, You're, you have debt, you wanna buy your mama a house, You've never had money, and you like looked up to like having a chain or a Lamborghini. Everything's appropriate. <clears throat> it's all appropriate. And so, in the face of that sellout moment, it's extremely hard. And then you go down the path in your mind of justifying the sellout. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. All of a sudden, right. all of a sudden, right. all of a sudden, you're telling a story to yourself and your homies of like, well, but remember when Mountain Dew did this or did that? like Paps did like you're just like whatever the brand. Yeah. And, and by the way, the two. By the way, the reason I just brought up those two, those are good brands that are big brands. Sure. Yeah, like yeah, they've sure. done a better job, right, mm, right. Totally, than others. Totally. But but they're still but still six years ago, your twelve best friends heard you say fuck Pats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like that's a big company. We're gonna start our own microbrew or OP or this or Slash or whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. couple things. One, the biggest thing that I spend time thinking about is living within your means and, and how much simplicity is actually happiness. Mm-hmm. So, I, my journey, I know a lot of people listening have never heard of me or might even like think I'm loud or don't really know me or like have a hot take off of one video. Sure. My, so I'll, I'll give you a little context. My background was I built my dad's liquor store business for him in my 20s and 30s. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a Belarusian immigrant. We came to America, we had nothing. I grew up in Queens and then Edison, New Jersey. You know, very immigrant lifestyle. My parents, like Nintendo, I had to buy with my own baseball card and lemonade money. So my mom was like, we're not 
you're not getting stuff. Like you'll get clothes, food, like she, and she would buy the occasional present for a birthday, but I didn't get toys off cycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if right. it was like, like I'm not a like there's there's two people in the world. Kids, people that got toys on cycle or off cycle. On cycle was birthday and the biggest holiday. Christmas. That's right. For me, Hanukkah, right? Yeah, yeah. Off cycle is people that just got, went to Toys R Us randomly on Thursday and got shit. That was not my life. (laughs) That was not my life. So, but I wanted stuff. Like, who doesn't? And so I learned to eat on what I hunted. I did lemonade. I did garage sale. I did washing cars. I did it. And so that's how I grew up. It made me who I am. But what's really interesting in hindsight was I didn't want money to buy things to impress others, which is what I believe most people do. Yeah, it's very true. I don't think people realize, even people who are listening right now who say that's not me, might not realize it's them. People don't realize that the Rolex or the Lambo or these things are 65% of the time there to cover your own insecurity and project. You know, I've tried to do a better job clarifying. I used to be very aggressive against this, but there are many people who grow up and actually like care about the craftsmanship of watches and appreciate. Yeah. It. That's a different thing. That's yeah. you're doing it for you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's when people are doing it for them to disguise their insecurity because they didn't grow up with anything, or they think they're from the trailer park, or a minority, mm. or a gender, or whatever it is. You know, that becomes a band aid that compounds your issue. No doubt. I got lucky in that I felt so much gratitude towards my parents for getting me out of Soviet Russia, for being the best parents, for always trying to do by me. And I kind of had this sense that I was special at business mm-hmm. early. That I was like, pretty much romanticized this concept in my mind in my teenage years that I was gonna go into the family business and explode it for my pops. And then I would do something. And that became more real when my brother was born and became my best friend. When I was 18, my seven-year-old brother, AJ, was already my best friend. He was more mature than most seven-year-olds. I was more immature than most 18-year-olds. <laughs> and we kind of, you know, and so somewhere around the time he was 14 or 15, 16, we, he already started talking about, we're gonna, uh, you know, we already kind of decided we're gonna do business together. Okay. What was also interesting is my dad's kind of an old school guy. My brother's more like my dad than I am and I'm more of a good compliment for my dad. So my brother knew pretty early, 15, 16, he didn't want to work in the wine store, Mm. in the liquor store. So I already had in the back of my mind that there may be this crossroads where I might do something with AJ. I kind of thought of it as I was gonna do both. I didn't really know. Mm. But I remember knowing that I was gonna give my parents this, this time. Sure. And for people who are listening that are in immigrant family businesses, you know, I grew my dad's business from a $4 million business to a $65 million business in a very short period of time. Wow, dude. <laughs> and it really, as you can imagine, changes a family's life. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just changed everything for us. I had to buy my, I, my first car was bought at a garage sale. My brother's first car was They're a selling cars at garage sales? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't, like, 50 like, bucks? What do you, I mean, 500, 550 bucks. Okay, a 1976 what? Monte Carlo red go. cherry with a huge dent in it. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. My brother's first car was a Lexus, mm. right? So that's a very big difference of 11 years, yeah, right? Sure. Um, but so we ch- I changed my family's business, but what was challenging was this business was exploding, but I was getting paid 60,000 a year, 40,000 a year, 50,000 a year, like not big numbers. Had I gone and just got employed by somebody and given a chance, I could be making millions doing this. So it was a really interesting chapter where I gave up the first 12 years of my career from 22 to 34 for my parents. Mm. Never made a lot of money, lived in an apartment by the store in Springfield, New Jersey. And you know, I, I see a lot of value in that, I've talked about that at length, but something I'm starting to realize was I got double lucky. 
because I was never gonna get paid anything and because I was so committed to the religious ideology of I'm gonna help my parents, I didn't even have the option to want to buy good things. Mm-hmm. Right. It sure. wasn't even in play. I wasn't in control. I was in control of the decision I made to help my parents, but the economics that came along with it limited the things I could do, so I did nothing. I bought mm. nothing. And from 22 to 34, never making that much money, I was happy as shit. And that structure was already built in. I was happy as shit. You do what you loved. Yeah. yeah. I was happy as shit. Yeah, yeah. There's like, like you know, like we could break <laughs> yeah. we could break it down a million different ways. Yeah. I was yeah, happy I mean, as shit. Yeah. More importantly, big kudos to my mother. I was happy as shit from five to 15 where we really didn't have shit. Mm-hmm. So I think the luckiest person on earth is someone that's born into nothing, who's happy every day, because she or he, when they become an adult, realize, compoundly black and white obvious, that money does not equate to happiness. Right, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right? Because if you're born into a lot and you're happy, you might consciously and subconsciously think the money made you happy. We went on nice vacations dinners. If you're born into nothing and your household's unhappy, you think money will get you out of it. Sure. But if you're born into nothing and you're happy the whole time, boy, are you on a foundation. No doubt. So why am I saying all this random stuff back to the question? I think people are making some fundamental cultural mistakes when it comes to business, money, even though I'm a business and money guy. I think one has to ask themselves, am I going to be happy? And what they have to ask is questions like, okay, I might get this million dollar deal from this brand, but I'm gonna completely compromise my soul and my best friends are gonna make fun of me and everyone's gonna know and it's gonna feel weird. Mm -hmm. And yes, I could have this stuff, but is that good, bad, or indifferent? And for everybody who's listening, they're like, who doesn't have money, it's like, fuck you, who gives a shit? Like, easy for you to say you have it now. But the answer is, I have it now. Mm-hmm. What they don't know is how much happiness happened in the first 35 years of my life without it. Sure. So it's not like yeah. it's not like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. when people talk like I lived it. I lived not making $100,000 a year for the majority of my life. 100. Now people talk in billions and millions. Yeah, yeah. People don't feel they're like people feel like being a millionaire is like entry level. Mm. But it's not and it's hard Insane. and it goes back to what I believe, which is when you for everybody's listening, when you make these decisions that are a conflict between the business opportunity and what your soul's about. You could own a home with a pool, you could live in an apartment and rent it, and it's very easy for the apartment renter to be dramatically happier than the homeowner with a pool, and a lot of people listening here know that to be true, and that is the conversation we need to be having, Mm -hmm. which the person that gets hurt is the one that's trying to live outside their means without a lot, who go into extreme debt, try to keep up with the Joneses when they can't. I feel, I feel a lot of compassion for that. I had a great email from a, or a DM from a kid who's like, Gary, I'm struggling, I'm hearing you, I'm pretty thoughtful, I've got a problem. He keeps going. He's like, I have four brothers. All four of them make a ton of money and I don't. And it's like, and I'm happy for them. It was a, it, the DM really caught me. I think it was a DM, now that I remember. Mm-hmm. It caught me because he was happy no, it was an email, I'm sorry, because now I have my laptop. I, I didn't have a laptop I don't, for five and a half years before COVID, uh, but then when COVID came, I needed a laptop for Zoom. Okay. And so like, I'm back to laptop <laughs> life, it's very weird. Uh, anyway, I'm very passionate about this. I think, I think there's a lot of different ways to live life, but if you can live within your means and not keep up with the Joneses mm-hmm. and not let other people's judgment 
cast on you, you can have a much happier life. And I think a lot of people in this space are incredibly authentic to the space. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to have this combo more because it'll lead to them not doing that deal. And oh, by the way, there's a funny thing that they don't tell you in business school. When you say no to two things and you keep your authenticity, it does something for your soul and you find yourself three years later being in a place where you're getting offered more money from a brand that does fuck with you and you yeah, fuck with right. yeah. and that lack of patience catches people and they don't realize that if they just followed the path that got them to the first offer, mm-hmm. if they double down on that authenticity and work ethic and grind, they could find themselves there 27 months later and getting the actual deal that actually works for them because they actually consume that beverage, they actually fuck with that mm-hmm. that utensil they, 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 they and that becomes a whole different game. Mm-hmm. This episode is supported by AG1. When I first started drinking AG1 daily, I could feel a real difference in my daily health. I also had more energy, and I also noticed I felt more relaxed and I could focus easier. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I also love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support, magnesium and vitamin D for energy support, adaptogens to balance my body's stress level, vitamin C and zinc to help support my immune health. I recommend AG1 to all my family and friends. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner with us for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash nine club. That's drinkag1.com slash nine club, N-I-N-E-C-L-U-B. Go check it out. I think skateboarding is an interesting thing because like obviously like it's not it's a huge industry right it's huge but at the same time there's like you know hundreds and thousands of skateboarders out there small circles you know what I mean of course I do I watch you guys and so you know having you know and there's the handful of people who make the big money who are getting the big contracts can I tell you something what's interesting about that I'm sorry to interrupt same with big sports Mm -hmm. I represent a lot of NFL players we had an NFL player who didn't, who just signed a contract for five thousand dollars. What? Yeah, when you don't get drafted, oh. and they give you five thousand and guaranteed to come to minicamp to try to make the team. You know, like that's crazy. That's right. Wow. Like you know, and even even a rookie that gets drafted and makes the team. Yeah, listen, five hundred thousand. That's real money. Sure, yeah, but yeah, it's absolutely. not the way. That's the majority of the NFL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. what everyone sees. It's not Tom Brady. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so. Of course, to your point, yes, there's six, 12 people making seven figures. Sure. But the far majority, even the ones that everyone who's listening now look up to, they're in the six figure game. Yeah. And then the far majority is in the five and four figure game. For yeah. sure. Right. I didn't even yeah, know yeah, that yeah. there was a yeah. figure that low. But the, the best yeah. part about that, though, is that they're, they love it, though. I, I know that everyone wants to make more money, but I mean, as a kid, I grew up skating, I turned pro when I was 30. I didn't make any money, but I didn't care because I loved where I was at. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't. Well, that's the thing with skating that I think is a hair different than the professional sports that I just referenced. I do think, so there's a lot of professional athletes. This blew my mind when I got into, we have Vayner Sports, my brother and I rep a bunch of players. What blew my mind when we really got in the business was that a lot of people don't love what they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of football, basketball, and baseball players who don't like it. 
Right. Wow. They were just born so gifted and it was the way for them to make $7 million a lot easier than any other way. Yeah. I would say that what skating has much more universally, there's very few people in the tippy top of the top 500 skating world that don't like skate at all, they just happen to be the best at it and just do it because they think they can make money. The far majority love this shit. Oh, oh yeah. 100%, 100%. Some, sure. some kids are probably in it for the wrong reasons, especially nowadays. Well, to get girls and like, like, like that happens. Like there's some kids that get into skating because it's the cool culture in their neighborhood for and they sure. just want to hook up. For yeah. sure. And, and now, then they end up being good at it. Yeah, yeah. And now, but now they yeah. see, you know, it, when we when we were coming up, there wasn't any like you know social medias and everything like we had to find this for ourselves. And now it's on TV and it's this and that. And you know, kids grow up, they see what it could Olympics and this and that. So there is a you know yes, there's more. There's more, right? But and I people's think, parents now are like, oh, I want my kid to skate because I want him. Yeah, to, I want him to go get that big. In the hey, Olympics. how does little Johnny get sponsored? Yeah. Correct. This, you know, and you're Correct. just like, oh, well, does he love it? No, you know, whatever. That's right. But it's interesting because, like, you know, when you're saying uh, the football players, you know, $500,000 or whatever, but then scale that back to a pro skater oh, having to get another job because well, it's that's not right. enough. And by the way, know. I don't know if you know this, the world champion Yankees, mm-hmm. besides Mickey Mantle, in the 50s, would get jobs in the offseason. There are all-stars. There are people in the Hall of Fame in baseball who, in the 50s, during the offseason, would work in hardware stores in Hoboken. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Yeah, that's just called maturity of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When people get their emotions in a bunch and they're like, this is fucked up, look at these average basketball players, I mean, they're the best skaters, like that would be definitely talk in this community. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's not super complicated. They just need more people to give a shit. Like Th- more people giving a shit means higher ratings, more revenue. Yeah, it's yeah. business, listen, business is business. Yeah. Business doesn't care about your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, by the way, the OG skaters of the 70s that really put it down on those thin ones, mm-hmm. they think you fuckers have it too good. Yeah, sure, sure. You OG cats that think these, right? Yeah. They think you guys are super spoiled. They didn't even have, there was no such thing as that. They just mm-hmm. skated with their short jean shorts and fucking smoked <laughs> some weed and called it a day. There was no fucking anything. Yeah. <laughs> and they're your pioneers. So that's what happens, right? Every generation has it better. It is what it is. That, absolutely. That's true. For yeah. sure. Right? For sure. 1974, Tony Hawk isn't known to anyone. And right. he, and he existed. Yeah. You guys probably know uh, yeah. who that is. <laughs> Tony who? Meaning, <laughs> meaning, meaning 1974. Who was the 1974 yeah. 18-year-old born in 1956 mm-hmm. who's the best fucking skater in the world in 1974 on those fucking banana things? Yeah. Nobody, can, nobody knows who that is except other 60-year-olds that were here on yeah. the West Coast and they're like, oh, the goat really is Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're gonna have to wait till a documentary comes out on fucking Netflix in nine years to even know who the fuck Johnny is. <laughs> and Johnny made zero dollars and zero cents, so he's definitely not crying about you 30, 40 year olds crying about the 18 year olds that are gonna make more. He made 0.0. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it? For yeah, sure. And that's, totally. the, and that's, I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Because the 18 year olds today, there's, there's four year olds right now that are gonna have a better version of TikTok who are gonna be below average skaters making more money on brand deals in an hour. And my big thing is like, and what? You know, that's good, that's good. That's expansion of the sport. It's expansion of the genre. More kids will do it. It's good exercise. You know, like it is what it is, right? For sure, for sure. And actually going into social media stuff, you know, it's like, 
in today's day and age, like everybody's their own brand, yes. right? So, you know, and, and with the, you know, everybody skateboards and stuff and like, you know, there's the TikTok and yeah. this and I mean, there's so many. So much. So, there's so much. So much content. Yeah. So much content, you know, and I think coming up when we were growing up, we had to either A, know somebody, you know, or B, send in a VHS tape. Of course. Uh, yeah. To get sponsored. Nowadays, you don't know who's looking at your social media. That's right. Yeah. Anybody could be looking at it That's and right. see you. You could send a DM with your little tape. And it's, you know, when you guys were coming up the game back to VHS or get lucky and be featured in a, in a magazine, mm-hmm. it was purely about the skill. Definitely. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Now, it's Style. a little, yeah, now it's pop culture. Now, the biggest money maker in this thing might not actually be the most technically strong. They just happen to have 17 million followers on TikTok yeah, and the brand right. wants the audience. And so I have a lot of empathy for people that are tactical about their craft, being upset about that because the new kid on the block might be a C skater, mm-hmm. but but he's an A charisma guy yeah. and might look the part and might work hard on all the off the park off, right? I think we off see a the pi- you the see old, it. We see a lot of that, right? So for you guys you know? looking at it, and be like, "Fuck, what?" You know, I get it, right? You're sitting around, you're looking at it, you're like, "Shit, this guy's not even technically really that good." Mm-hmm. For businesses, they just want to sell Twizzlers and energy drink, sure. and they're not like, like maybe that person can't do the the thing, the, the ollies, the way you want them to. They don't give a shit. They want they want that kid eating that Twizzler and making other kids eat that Twizzler, and just mm-hmm. that's yeah. the binary aspect of it. Yeah. And I think it's also generational, right? Because yes. like. There, there's also, you know, because we have a thing in our industry, it's like we have like the core skaters, right? That escape for the companies. Nice. Then we have <laughs> then we have the so-called like YouTube skateboarders of course. who make their own career yes. on YouTube. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I applaud them. You yes. know, I applaud them. I mean, we we grew up in an era where you had to do it the traditional way. Correct. Now there's the, there, there's, I mean, you could do it yourself nowadays. That's exactly right. And so, which I love. By the way, you guys are doing it. I, I was. You're doing it in the meta right now. I was yeah. just about to say. This had to be a radio station saying you're good enough to get the app at. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there is still that, you know, divide in skateboarding where the core YouTube, I mean, they're labeled YouTube skaters. I know, you know and as, a, like, as a derogatory term by the core, but it it's is. not, but it's not going to stop the market from loving the YouTube skater more. No. <laughs> and I, and like I said, I applaud them because I think uh, it takes a lot of hustle, takes a lot of work. I mean, YouTube is no joke. You can't just throw a video up there and be like, hooray, no. you know, it's now you got to really put yourself out there. And I think that's the difference where skaters now that this, this social media is like very powerful, I know yeah. early on it, it took a second for skateboarders to adopt it. I remember. There were yeah. certain skateboarders that were like, let's go, let's do I this. I remember, this it was, you know, when yeah. I first saw it, MySpace. Right. So yes. when my, you know, oh, yeah. I was watching Friendster and I was like, something's happening, MySpace mm-hmm. hit. I'm like, something's really happening. And when Facebook hit, I was like, I'm changing my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on MySpace was the first time I saw the skate world and I remember vividly reading some blogs because again, even at that point in my career, I had started going to anthropology mode and I'm like, I want to know everything about everything. Mm-hmm. And so I would double down on things I know, my interests, wine, sports, business. But then this is when I started, like, I, I need to learn about surfing and skate. Mm-hmm. The West Coast thing always sat with me as such an East Coast. Like, you know, like I always knew there was this whole big world. Vans over Nikes, right? Like I knew it. Um, so I really dug in and I, I saw it early on in MySpace. There were so yes, few. There was like two or three. Mm-hmm. But it's what always happens. Like, we, you know, I mean, look what's happening now. You want a good one? So for the core skaters who are like, fuck these bullshit YouTube skaters, mm. how about the fact that the YouTube skaters are doing that to the TikTok skaters? 
Oh, that's yeah. Amazing. How about that? Yeah. Wow. So you've got a whole movement of like the 25-year-old shitting on the 17-year-old and I'm like, why are you doing that? The core skaters were just shitting on you. You should know what this feels like. Oh, gotcha. I didn't but even realize there was something, there's a, a YouTube and TikTok beef now. There's a, there's a divide within the subculture because mm. YouTube, to your point, that takes a lot of product, that's a different that's a, game. Yeah. So that person's like, okay, fuck the core skaters, they don't get it, but I'm really putting in work. They're looking at kids doing one little four second video, yeah. and they're like, fuck, and they're doing one take, and like, even if it doesn't go well, if they edit it right, and the right music, and they're like winning, and like, if they fall off and do a fucking dance, they're like, fuck that, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so there's, there's beef within social, because YouTube is more core. How amazing yeah, that is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's a great right there. Stones, I didn't even realize it. I'm not a well, big you TikTok. Think, you think I was gonna come to Nine Club and not drop some fucking knowledge? I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I can't make Dustin Let's and go. Ben O look bad. I had, <laughs> a con- I had to bring it. Yeah. I was I was prepared for today. Yeah. <laughs> but what's interesting too is like after TikTok, there's gonna be something else. Always. You know? right. and, and, and I thought Instagram was the end all be all. Yeah. You know, I, was I like, totally did too. What, what could be yeah. after this? We're dinosaurs you know? on this bitch right now. They're like, I know. They're no, old now. It's crazy. You talk, you go pay attention to 14, 15, 16 year old culture. Mm-hmm. You look at 26, 27 year old uncle, nieces, cousins, older brothers, they're hitting me up at scale. They're like, cause I was hot, hot, hot early TikTok. So I put out an ungodly amount of content 40 <laughs> years ago. I'm like, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Yeah. So I got a lot of love for how that played out. So I get these DMs now. They're like, holy shit. Everyone's getting faced with this right now. Cliche, 25 year old talking to 16 year old, whoever that is, cousin, niece, nephew, uncle, d- d- mm-hmm. sister, daughter. And the 15 year old saying, Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it is fucking them up because they know it, because back to the whole thing, they just said that about Facebook to people 10 years ago. (laughs) And And MySpace before that. And when you're 27, you're still young, young. And when you're faced for the first time in your life of someone telling you that you're old, that's like a shock. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've been enjoying shitting on the boomers and your older, (laughs) and now a 15, 16 year old, because they're starting to come into their own. And it's, listen, this is, I always knew social networks followed what happened with clubs, meaning nightclubs. When you became 18 to 21 in New York, when nightlife was really nightlife, 60s, really 70s and 80s and 90s and into the early 2000s before mm-hmm. it got so expensive anybody could get in, it just kind of changed the nightlife scene. Nobody wanted to go to their older, there was a saying, nobody wants to go to their older brother's club. Mm-hmm. So no matter what your nine year older or seven year older brother's club was, you really wanted yours and your crew when you were 18 or 21. Right. That's a, and that's yeah. what's happening with social that's networks. That's a great way to look at There's it. There's no 15-year-old, when, when their 25 to 30-year-old was all about Instagram, when they've got TikTok, mm-hmm. and they can tell that their brother doesn't get it, that's power. Youth's power is when an older generation doesn't get their shit. That's their power. Yeah. Right. And that's what they want to flex. It's interesting because like you look at a TikTok, for an older guy, you, how do you, you know, what do you do? Do you just post a skateboarding clip? Do you post like so a whole early, thing so like what you were saying before, the early, dancing and falling so I was, off? So I was very early on TikTok and I was saying to everybody, I'm like, look, I can't dance for shit. The only thing I do worse than riding skateboards is dancing. Okay. <laughs> so, so I was like, I'm not going in there and being Charlie D'Amelio. I'm going to be Gary V. I'm going to put out business content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to know that it's young kids. So the words, not, I mean, I curse like a crazy guy, but not the, not, the, not the cursing, but what I was saying, things like, hey, when your parents are telling you this about English class, this is, so it would be different than I would put on LinkedIn or Twitter. And so I knew the age group was different. So the content was contextual, but I was still me. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to be authentic. Right. What, if you can't dance, you're not gonna dance. Sure. Yeah. Like it's not like now. It could be funny. 
Well, to that, <laughs> by the way, to yeah. that point, the occasional off the beat ironic, the occasional escapism, just random. I actually want to do like you know, me and my team talk a lot about like TikTok giving me the freedom to like like I'm so focused on providing value. Mm. The the only way you win in social is if you're giving people value, not taking it. Yeah, which yeah, is why yeah. so many people suck at it because most people go on social to like I'm gonna get brand deals, I'm gonna get followers, Flexing. I'm gonna get a blue check mark. Um, it's the only way you win in social is I'm gonna give. Now that giving might be you're funny on Vine, you're King Batch, and you're funny. That's oh escapism, yeah. right? It might be that you're attractive, you're a model. Peep, that's value. Mm-hmm. It might be that you have business advice. It might be that you can show people how to do things properly in their craft: skateboarding, surfing, BMX, video games, mm-hmm. wine, cooking. So, but you have to provide value, right? Mm-hmm. Even an organizing video. So for me, like, oh, okay. a lot of the. Gary Vaynerchuk, like who I am as a human, has never come natural to me, because I'm not. I don't see that as providing value. But but the but humor or silly stuff like I like blueberries or things of that nature. When I sneak into humor, I see that as escapism value. That's why I value. Uh, I value Richard Pryor because when I'm feeling anxious or stressed because a lot's going on with work, I can put in. Uh, you know, a stand-up and I can laugh for 14 minutes or an hour and I'm not thinking of, movies provide value. Yeah, this yeah. is why movies, music, stand-up, TV shows are so important in our society. People need escapism to get out of the stress that they're feeling day to day and they need their brain to go to a different place and that's why we value it. I think when people are thinking about social, that's the way you can think about it. Can I do something that will make somebody step away from the real, uh, and yeah. if they're in TikTok for an hour just going through, you're just escaping. How do you provide value? Mm-hmm. The reason almost everybody listening has not gotten the following count that they want is they only come when they make the content from the perspective of what am I gonna get from this? Right. I'm gonna get likes. For sure. I'm gonna get a brand deal. I'm gonna get blue check verified. I'm gonna get a million followers. That's why people lose. Mm, I can see that. Yeah, because I think a li- I think when Instagram came along back in the day, try too selfish. Mm. Try too selfish. Mm. There you go. You're right about try too hard because that's always felt that's not authentic. Right. That's one thing. That's on this shelf. Mm. But on this shelf, the big one, try too selfish. Mm-hmm. What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. I need this for me. Well, you know, people say I want to build a bigger community. I'm like, you haven't responded to one comment in any of your Dude. posts for the last two months. Yeah, right. you want that's... a community? How do you have a community? A community is people interacting with each other. You want a fucking stage where you talk and people pay. Mm-hmm. You that's, don't want a community. That's what the YouTubers got. You want big. customers. Yeah, right, people right, talking. Right. I want community. They want customers. They're full of shit. That's mm. definitely true. I'm yeah. aware because so I true. look at people's actions. You know how I built a community? I replied to every tweet I got from 2007 to 2011. All of them. All of them. All of them. Wow. I used to go to sleep at 3, 4 in the morning consistently because I would. An- I even had crazy Michigas, nice Yiddish word, for I need to answer them today. So I'd have to go to sleep. And then I did it. I literally, literally replied to all of them. I used to reply to all my emails. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the numbers got so crazy at some point in my sure. career. But I still, to this day, engage in my Discord, Heavy. Discord's a huge one. Huge. Huge. I, I reply to DMs. I have a community text. Mm-hmm. 212-931-5731. I reply on that plug. <laughs> right hook. You know, I, I, it's Twitter. I'm incredibly active. Huh. You want to build a community? Stop being full of shit. Right. Because most people, when they say community, mean customers. Oh, man. That's definitely true. Mm. Discord. Love Discord. Big one. 
huge. Big one. Because a community can be a community inside of itself. And are you hot on Discord or know it well because of the Twitch DNA and how closely they were tied? Or did you stumble it through NFT land? Or no, no, no. You, no. I, you, I, I stumbled it through gaming yeah, of course. and stuff like that. That's where, it started. It was, That's where it started. It was where it started. Yeah, right? everyone talks about Discord today because of NFT land. I'm like, no, right. no, the origins are in gaming. For sure, for sure. But it is a great place to help build a community. Well, it's AOL chat rooms, 1994. Yeah, totally. You know, for all the four, big shout out to all the 45-year-olds listening right now, the OGs. Yeah. Discord's easy for you. It's AOL chat. And that's yeah. a funny thing, though. It's like, right? it's a great way to sell it. Yeah. A 45-year-old yeah. goes on Discord and it's like, what the hell is this? Well, it's funny. Actually, I felt a little bit, a hair of the reverse. They go, 45-year-olds and above go to TikTok. They're like, fuck this shit. They go to Discord. They're like, wait a minute. Why does this feel weirdly oh, easy? I'm like, because you fucking lived on AOL chat. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have a screen name? G-Nuts. G-Nuts. <laughs> Perfect. G-E-E-N-U-T-Z. N-U-T. Oh, you got to oh, get the Z. Yeah, Z, baby. You got to get the Z. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> great, I saw that recently. Someone's like, oh, post. It's like 40 years old or something. AOL and Messenger or whatever. And, and they were like, everyone was posting their names. Oh, Mine was the man skater. I don't even remember mine. Those are good times. G I, G is a good yeah. one. It's pretty <laughs> good. good one. I like it. I'm Forget pretty, that. I like it. I'm pretty proud of that one. <laughs> oh, man. But um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I love your take on a lot of this stuff. Because yeah. I mean, like we're older, right? We're yep. older. I mean, you... I, the kids are always going to win, right? It's always. Like, they they're, they're, technology is undefeated. Right. Big time. Always. Like, you know, like we're... We're older, mm -hmm. but for us, a Walkman came easy. I remember, oh, you know, old heads in my neighborhood. I lived in a great neighborhood. Like, I, I, I keep thinking, man, I got so lucky. In Edison, from '82 to '89, when I grew up there, it had more of a now. In hindsight, it was closer to 1965 than it was 2000. Meaning, people were just outside. Yes. So I just vividly remember this guy washing his Thunderbird. I must, I must have been what? So I'm seven, eight, nine. He's got to be 25, you know, Magnum PI, fuck it, you know, uh, wife beater, Jersey, always watching his Thunderbird. And I remember when one of the kids in our neighborhood got a Walkman and he went on a fucking rant of like how this is bullshit. You can't listen to music on this tape shit. It sucks. You got to go into the, you got. You should see my record collection, vinyl, vinyl you know, now vinyl's yeah. actually coming back it up. Is, but he was yeah. like, vinyl, vinyl, vinyl. And I just... I remember this story vividly. He shit on the Walkman. The Walkman is a bad technology. It's stupid, it's not good. And I remember so vividly, I didn't say it out loud because I was a little scared of this Magnum <laughs> PI guy. But I remember thinking, but you can't take the record player on the bus. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's a big yeah, deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's Jeez. crazy about that story? I've never told this story, and now I'm making the connection point. When the iPhone came out, and everybody was addicted to their BlackBerry. Mm. I was like, but we can take the internet on the bus. Right. I remember knowing why the iPhone was gonna win. I was like, it has the internet. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I don't know what else to say. It has yeah. the internet. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can go to the mall and look up the school. Like, I can do things. Sure. I can get, check my mail. Like, and so people didn't see those lack of friction. Even though the music that might, the Madonna and Michael Jackson and Prince might subjectively and properly, properly, I'm not educated on audio, might sound better on your record player in 1984 in your house, the problem was we wanted to listen to Michael Jackson on Anywhere. our riding our bikes to Krausers to buy garbage pail kids. Yeah, right. And what are we gonna lug our fucking record player that yeah. can't plug into the, like exactly. people don't get it. Technology will always win. Yes. Right, yeah. right. And that's why I say the kids will always win because they're the ones that are up on the technology. Like you were saying, the TikTokers. Or, or kids mindset. Sure. 
Exactly. So I'm 46 and mm -hmm. I interact with unlimited 20 year olds who are more 46 than I, than I am. And that's what I was going to ask you is like, you know, how are you so, you know, Humi in, in, humility, but it, I mean, you keep up you with all this, this stuff, humility, yeah. humility mixed with ambition. I want to accomplish things. Mm -hmm. I want to impact the world. I want to be successful. I want to play my game of entrepreneurship. And I have the humility not to think the way I grew up was right. Mm. The biggest problem for everyone is they think their thing is right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I just think it's different. Yeah. I live in a world of and. Most people live in a world of or. The record player and the Walkman and the disc player and Napster and Spotify <laughs> and TikTok are all good. Yeah. Not. Napster's better than Spotify or TikTok's better than the disc player, mm -hmm. right? Sure. The the banana like skateboard is good for certain things and 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 the board is and whatever innovation comes next. It just like, goes back to everything has its time. Facts. You know? mm -hmm. And then eventually they can all actually come back and coexist. Exactly. Yeah. And, and a lot a lot of things are doing that like you said with the, you know records. Yes, they're, sir. They're coming back. That's right, mm -hmm. sir. People are really like, Baseball cards. Baseball I mean, yeah. so many oh little God, things dude. are just like so exploding well, now. Because yeah. you get older and you want to, you know, everyone loves their childhood. Oh my God. Yeah, for sure. And so you start becoming attached. That's exactly right. And so you start rebooting it. It's why brands reboot. It's, mm -hmm. uh, I, we, VaynerMedia has worked with Hasbro and Mattel, both big toy companies in this country. Through the last 13 years, we've had times with both companies. And the thing that always resonated for me, I'm like, oh, every 30 years, brands reboot. And I was looking at the data because the parent has the child and right now there's a mom out there that wants her daughter to play with Polly Pockets the way she did, mm -hmm. to play with My Little Pony like she did, right. Strawberry Shortcake. There's guys that want their sons to play with Transformers the way they did, G.I. Joe the way they did, He-Man. I mean, Masters of the Universe is, is flexing now. Why? Because That's right, because, <laughs> not, because the 45-year-olds that grew up with it are now having nine and 10-year-olds. Baseball cards. Mm -hmm. The greatest generation of baseball cards was 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, totally. and now those guys have sons that are seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. So yes, COVID, yes this, but it was generational. The hottest moment of sports cards in America in the last 50 years was 86 to 91. Those people have nine-year-olds now. Mm -hmm. Tops. That's, that same thing's happening in skateboarding. All the older brands are resurging. Like crazy. It's not yeah. even the older brands, it's the older yeah. skaters. I mean, you know how many people come on our show that are like searching eBay for their original board that they had. Makes so yes. much sense. And they, they yeah. just want that board. Those They're not gonna skate it. And even reissues, yeah. Yeah, yeah. reissues. But they're not gonna right skate now. it, they just want it. Of know? course, like it takes you back to a simpler time. Hey, listen, totally. being 45 is more complicated than being nine. <laughs> you know, yeah, like it's just more complicated, right? Like, yeah, sure. you know, like, and even older, like, you know, it's funny, my dad, who worked his face off for, the, the second he hit this country in December of 1978 to, to really up to now, but like, you know, COVID slowed him down. Like, he just worked every minute. And now he's all bent out of shape as, what am I, 46? As a 68-year-old man, you know, he's all up in like America. Amer you know, but, and, and he doesn't really go like Republican or Democrat. It's all bad to him, right? Okay. Like, you know, it's like, it's not that there was one side that's good, yeah. but because he's had to slow down and he, now he watches the news. Mm. I had a great combo with him the other day that actually I think helped him. He's like, you know, cause he's, he's like a, such a good dude. He's like, I'm worried and like, it's all fucked up. It's never been like this. And I'm like, dad, it's always been like this. I'm like, you just didn't have time to let the news scare you. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like exactly. you were working. You Kept weren't laying moving. on the couch for yeah. five hours consuming both Fox and CNN and <laughs> yeah. MSNBC and Russian Television One and all four of them are doing the same thing to you in different packages called fear. Right. And so now you're sitting here and be like, it's all fucked up. I'm like, it's been fucked up.
Where were you in 1978? It was a disaster in this country. 82 had this, the Cold War this. Like we had terrible policies around AIDS in the 80s. Everything's been bad. Mm. It's always been bad. The problem was in 1984, you were young. You were 30. You were in the game. You weren't on the sidelines wrapping up and watching. But I promise you in 1984, there was unlimited 78 year olds saying this is fucked up. Sure. And it's always the same shit. Yeah. I think I, I... what skateboarding did to me it was like when all this shit was happening there's still so much fucked up shit happening in the world of course skateboarding escape ca- ca- escape. escape exactly Absolutely. that's what I it means so much to me it's like when there was fucked up shit happening in my life that's what gave me there's something about physically doing something yeah mm-hmm. you yep. know running BMXing skateboarding surfing working out I really like it. There's something about the connection of mind and body. Mm-hmm. Like you, when you were just talking, I'm just thinking about we now have the older generation, you know, skating to like the, the whole theme of this talk. You now have a 50 year old, a 45 year old, a 40 year old, a 35 year old who might be a parent who can actually, like, we didn't grow up with parents that would grab the board and go take a, like, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But it's kind of cool, right? Like, yeah. like, you might have a stressful day, you might be upset about Ukraine and you might actually grab the board and just go. And like, mm-hmm. I had the vision of you like in the rain, just go like, it's, in the it's rain. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> know why. <laughs> no, it happens. I've skated in the rain before. Like, you, just, you know, like, get away. it's kind of like cool. Like, I like that. That, that. that is something I do really enjoy around activities and sports that, you know, I th- and even driving cars have done that, right? I'm thinking about Rocky mm-hmm. when he was all sad that Apollo died and like that music. I mean, the Rocky music always got me going. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, I had that <laughs> like, shit on my phone. I listened to it all the time. Uh, yeah, that's some of that shit. Like, I wish I, I'm going to send this clip to my sister. My sister and I die for some reason our entire childhood from six to both of us leaving the home. Anytime Rocky would somehow like be on the TV, like on HBO back in the day, within 30 minutes, we'd been changed into workout clothes <laughs> and are doing yeah. push-ups in the living room. Right. We were so motivated. That inspiring. That, that inspiring. Especially yeah. when he was in Russia doing like the old school shit to be Drago. And like I was born in Russia. I was like, fuck Drago. And I was like, I was like, it was everything. I was like, that was, and he killed Apollo and I loved Apollo uh, and I was all bent out of shape. Uh, man. And, he, and he's doing steroids. It's not fair. And like, you know, by the time Rocky beats him, I'm like, this is the best. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause like skateboarding is so individual. You know, it's so individual, but then again, it is so community-based and crew-based and friend-based. And That was something that I always paid attention to, which is we didn't have skate parks as early on the East Coast Mm -hmm. as it happened on the Mm -hmm. West Coast. I remember seeing when MTV started, because MTV was the internet. Mm -hmm. I think some people don't understand. Like MTV was actually the internet, as I think about it now. Like MTV 84 to like 90. Yeah. Controlled 100% of youth culture. A lot of culture. Right? Definitely. Yeah. Like, there was nowhere else for us to go. Yeah. Like, what else were we going to watch? Mm. And when MTV in like the like later 89, 90, 91, 92 started to give you a little of that West Coast skate culture, that was when I visually for the first time saw skate. And I had a couple friends that were really into it. So they had the skating magazines. I'm like, what's that? It looks like a playground with skate. Like, it was just like yeah. you didn't see them. Sure. And then, and then I remember my friends, my like my like hardest core friends, start to like go to like abandoned, hollowed out pools, yeah, like swimming pools. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is some gangster shit, right? <laughs> like in graffiti, and it was just yeah. that whole like They're fucking breaking into this yeah. person's house. And that's and that was the, and that was the first time I understood community. I'm like, oh, these five kids are skating with each other. Mm-hmm. And you know, you remember? I mean, you guys lived it. The West Coast, I think, had more of a chill flavor to it the east coast version of skating back then was more thug 
Mm. It had a little bit more of an edge. Like, a little more gritty, for sure. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah. I, rem- yeah. I remember thinking, like, in the West Coast version, there was like, a, like the ha- there was a happiness vibe. The East Coast 80s and 90s skater kids in high school and junior high were smoking cigarettes and were looking to fight. Mm. There was a little bit more edge to it mm. overall. Like, they weren't like hippie. Right. They were more like punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool. It was yeah. more it's like more surfer based out here. Yeah, it was more it. surfer based here yeah. and it was a little more like the clash beastie boys on the yeah. East Coast. And so it had a little different that. energy. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we were always like, you know, anti everything and you know kind of yes, a little more gritty but you, east coast definitely was more gritty well they had harder spots to skate too. no no yeah. <laughs> this is such a good point you guys were more anti everything more hippie fight the path like more like like fight war like 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 anti-establishment but but a different energy yeah like yeah, there was yeah. more fighting like skate i was scared of skateboard kids you were scared <laughs> Well, I mean, seriously, they, they wanted to fight, yeah. and at that point, I was done fighting. I was I was more of a fighter pre ninth grade. I feel like skaters weren't not that they weren't accepted; they just wanted to be on their own back in the day. Like right before I started, it was like, oh, the skaters hang out by themselves. They don't, dude. They would not hang out with like the football players or anything. Oh like, my no, god, no. the they skater would, in my yeah. junior high and high school, the skaters were so clearly distinct. Yes, they were. A complete interesting sub like genre of themselves. This is why I love Gen Z and younger millennials and millennials for that matter. They all blended in more with each other, much, much more than the '80s and '90s was true colonies, mm. no mixing. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I always wanted to make this movie that like addressed this issue. I used to have this dream that I was going to make a movie called The Last Thirty Days. So, you remember this, D Rock? I haven't mentioned this in years. I used to have this movie titled The Last 30 Days and it was the last 30 days of high school. Okay. Because I thought the last 30 days of high school, senior year, last 30 days, was the weirdest phenomenon, which was, and I tested this with like hundreds of people over a decade, which was everyone was in their cliques and out of nowhere, after three <laughs> and seven eighth years <laughs> of everyone living in their own worlds, everyone kind of came together and intermingled and like it always, I watched it consistently when I got into high school, the three grades above me and I had two younger siblings, it happened for them. I stayed very close to this concept. Like people would get into like, there would be weird new relationships like the nerd was getting the cheerleader, like all sorts of stuff would happen Hmm. because there was was almost, my hypothesis is there's this, and now with the internet it's different so maybe the phenomenon's different, Hmm. but you would be leaving and you'd be resetting and you wouldn't have to deal with the ramifications with that little community of whatever you were doing those last 30 days. And honestly, people just stopped giving a fuck. Yeah. Like, you kind of were like, fuck this guy who's been picking on me. I don't give a shit, fuck you. And then that person, like, there was something very weird. I've always loved that concept. I've never even noticed that. I mean, in, in high school, I was just, I just wanted to get the fuck out of there and go skate. I clearly remember that. Yeah, I, 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 I remember that too, though, actually. Everyone's Same. coming together at the end. Because they yeah, know they're I, finishing. I we just went that. through four years with each other. The high school, it's, yeah. <laughs> I remember vividly, and this was very obvious to me for 20 years, the, the last 10 parties in high school, everybody went. Mm. Even people that never went to a single party. Like there's something weird about those last 30 days. It's a little bit of like Dazed and Confused meets that uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt movie where like everyone liked her. Like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Can't Hardly Wait. Like yeah. it's it's that movie genre. Like, like um, it, it I, I st- I'm probably gonna make it. Yeah, yeah you make should, it. please. I'm probably gonna, sure. please. I'm probably gonna make it. Yeah, that. It'll probably be a timepiece. I'll probably, I'll probably make it in the late 90s. I was gonna say, by the time social. I make it in 15 years when I do that kind of stuff, people, it, social, I mean, I 
I lost touch with all my high school friends. Mm. Yeah, I, me too. We didn't, we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. So that was it. Yep. And I was working every time I came home. So I came home for Thanksgiving when everybody would see each other, had to work at my dad's store. Came home for Christmas, had to work at my dad's store. So I, I come home for the summer, had to work at my dad's store. So I really lost touch with my high school friends. Like it wasn't until Facebook that I was able to reconnect with Adam Blum and Loftus and Dito and Scalfoam giving some shout outs. You know, like, <laughs> like it was fun. That was like fun back in 2006, seven, eight because I missed them because I was a workaholic. I was gonna do this mission no technology, and it wasn't until Facebook, and we were that little bit older gen that was able to get on, I was able to find my friends from high school and reconnect and see where Garrett Van Fleet was in yeah. his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Seems like there, for me, there was only a couple that I really cared about, you know? Yeah, I get it. Because a lot of people would reach out, yeah. you know, hey, what's up? I'm like, I don't even remember you. Would they reach out because you made it? Maybe, I don't, yeah. I don't know, well, I don't know. Let me save you time, yes. Okay. That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> why, that's for it. sure. Of course. I think my generation was the one last, or the first generation that started to like, oh, Kelly's a, he's starting to skate. Mm. And I, that did not happen before. Interesting. Like, uh, my friends that skated, they didn't, they, no one well, gave a shit if they were coming up. You I think know what like, I mean? but, but in our in our era too, it's like you know nobody in high school was anything, you know. Correct. And then people they they wouldn't even yeah. go to be anything. Correct. You know. No, I know what you're, you're saying. Quote unquote. Yeah. But people didn't even know I was a skater in high school. Yeah. I didn't go to school <laughs> and I didn't wear like the traditional like skate gear. I wore like what felt comfortable at the time was wearing like Jordans and my fucking Levi's. Where'd you grow up? In San Fernando Valley. So in Van Nuys area. So who knew that you were a skater? Your skater friends? My skateboard friends outside of school. Right. I, I didn't really have any friends that skated at school. And how'd you find them? At, outside of school? Mm -hmm. um, just little clicks. They, I would see skate them shops. randomly, skate shops. Yeah, and then we just fall into like little clicks. Yep. And then, but I still know those a lot of those dudes that I first started skating with to this day. But so you were like, like in magazines things. back then and everything too, right? When I was like 15, that was so, like my first time what, actually. When did all, actually let me reverse this and interview you guys for a second. <laughs> for sure. Give me the exact moment. Don't, be, I, this is another thing that I love about the skate community, especially the OGs, humility, too much humility. <laughs> <laughs> so can you guys not humility me too much? Tell me the second you knew you had it, for real. Oh my God. This is an important question because I think it's fun and I think it will inspire a lot of kids. When, the exact moment, tell me the full story of the second you're like, wait a minute, I'm better than my friends. I'm, wait a minute, I'm really good at skating. Or I'm about to be really good at skating. Or I just did a trick that all these homies that are good skaters can't do. They've been doing it for two years. I'm four months in. Because you have to understand, at your level, it's pure talent. Mm -hmm. and, then you and then you put in the hard work. Right, sure. When did you fucking know you were different? Dubs, you want to go first or should I? I'll go Cause, first. Because I remember 15 to be in skateboard magazine. Like, yeah. That's I right. remember being at an, a demo in 87 at Valsurf. And um, the Alva team was there. And I remember like specifically that in that three months they had the Alva team come through, PAL team. And uh, and these were the fucking squads, And these right? were the shit at the time. So at the Alva How old are you? At probably like 10. This is huge. Mine's way later. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So you're 10 years old, so 10 you're years watching old, them. I'm watching them, but then I'm like, I'm, I can I'm, do that. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna skate at the same time as these people, because it was like a jam. So I ended up cutting off fucking Tony Alva, and he goes, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> punk kid. I remember it specifically. I'm like, oh my God, this dude. But I didn't give a shit. I didn't even know who he was at the time. And my buddies were like, dude, that was fucking Tony Alva. I was like, Who's cool. that? Yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know. But I def I definitely remember him being like, "Get out of here!" Like, get like you you know, you're fucking me up type of deal. And Why? Because like, you're good. I don't know. Maybe I was in the way, but I was so like 
gun ho and carefree at the moment of just being in the moment of this skate jam that I didn't care who I cut off apparently. You know, and there's obviously mm. skate etiquette. Of course, and maybe of course. I didn't have that. I of was course, 10 years of old. course, of course. It's like golf, right? Like mm. I'm petrified to golf. I don't really golf because I know there's like 800 things in the etiquette. I'm like, I'm oh, gonna fucking yeah. fuck up all the yeah. etiquette. Yeah. You know, like totally. And I don't like being disrespectful. Like I'm a very big like when you go into someone's home, you respect that game. I'm very anti-establishment. I'm gonna fuck shit up, but I don't want to be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so really? the etiquette stuff fucks me up. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, totally. Yeah. But then after that, I I had a lot of like people being like, dude, you fucking killed it, like you know. And I was like, and that you was know the what? moment. I think I have something here, and I just became a love and Thank passion. You. That was thank you. Like, that's wow. exactly what I'm looking for. I think I don't. I mm, I don't know don't, if I actually don't had, humble me. Well, listen, <laughs> don't, don't, don't <laughs> humble me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to me. Give it to um, me. I don't think I had that. So I grew up out here, Santa okay. Monica, yep. Malibu. Uh, was around all the pros. You know, saw the pros. I mean, obviously on a different level than I, than I was, but there was a place called the courthouse, Westlake courthouse. We'd all skate. And I think it was around then when I How kind of, I started skating at 15. So a little later in the, in the game. And but, what year you know, were you born? Uh, 77. Okay, go ahead. So. It's 92. Yeah. It's, uh, 92, 93. Yep, yeah. Yep. Something like that. Everything kind of happened quickly, but I, you know, around that era. And had you been athletic or done any other sports? Oh, baseball, you know. Duh. Did you surf? No. Okay. No, never surfed. Yep. Never so surfed. baseball. Yeah, baseball, you know, a little soccer, okay. ASO, stuff like that. But um but I don't know. I think around there, uh, besides from seeing all the pros and seeing what they're capable of, I felt like I was in this Mix. Mix, but like more Better. above some obviously people would come this through. Is, this we're is like, the, wow. This is the analogy I'm looking for. You get into it, mm-hmm. you get there. And very quickly, you pick up on it, it comes natural to you, and you can sense you're better. Mm. I I had to work hard. I was I don't think I was I don't think gifted is a, is a word that would yep. describe me. It was like work works, try try try. But at the same time, I feel like you it, knew you could get it. Uh, so, somewhat mm-hmm. right, but at the same time, it's like you know when other people start to like you know come there and they're like, oh hey Chris, you know, and you, you start to get known. I think that's when you kind of yeah. like are like hmm. Some, and yeah, it's, maybe and it's the early outside validation, something. right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure, right. right? Somebody's like, no, that was good. Like that really resonates with me. For sure. yeah. So it was around that, it happened fast, you said? From the time that I started skating to the time that I started, I think we talked about this on one episode. Yeah. It was like really kind of quick, 90, 91 to like 94, 95. And then I started to, to really go. Yeah, I don't remember what year the Listen video came out. Mm, what about for you? 95, 96. See? For me? Yeah. Um, Five years later. Five I, years later. I never was really that good as a kid, and I, I just loved it so much. My friends were always better. I just loved being around them. I kept filming Sponsor Me tapes. I felt like four. <laughs> I filmed like four of them, and I kept sending them out, no, never response. And then there's one year we kind of, we talked about the escape thing. Like my parents like were going through a divorce, and it, and it really like- Rocked you? It rocked How me. How old were you? I was it was from like literally the 13 to 18 that we're dealing with the whole thing. Got and the it. last year was like really uh, when I was 18, that's when I was a um a senior. I would go skate to get all, away. To get away and I would film all night cuz I loved it and I would go to school, made I made sure I, I went yep. to school and did everything. Um I got I I fi- made that sponsoring tape. I sent it out the next day I got sponsored by my dream company that I ever wanted to get sponsored by. And the thing that was crazy about it too is that I've told the story a little bit on the show, but I went to this my friend's house. He brought me to this guy's this guy's house in L.A. This pro skater's name's Guy Mariano. He's like back then he was like 
this myth legend like you didn't Still see is. him no like but he was on a little hiatus he had gone in some state like you didn't see him for years and i see him there and i'm like oh my god fucking <laughs> right. guy mariana what the fuck was like i was like it was, i couldn't imagine and he's and my friend's like hey let's watch kelly sponsor me tape and i'm like no god and i was like no dude i went in the other room but i came back he's like dude you Nolly Hoop said the first, or that's the first time I've seen anyone Nolly Hoop said around rail. Like that was really dope, and I was like, that was like the most. That was like, it. Like that, that was, was it. it. We're you like, haven't been able to replicate yeah. that since. <laughs> that I, was one of the coolest things. So good I, like, for you. Yeah, but I think you. what you were saying, it's that it's that, val, it's that validation yeah. from other people. Yeah. You know, it's funny as we're going through this circle. Obviously, I play a very different game. Some something that's very weird about me is that I. And maybe this is because of business and I'll read the comments and people, but like there was, I've never looked up to a business person and people do look up to business people. Like Absolutely. in my generation, Bill Gates, cause Microsoft was so monstrous, mm. Warren Buffett. Mine has always been the masses. My version of guy is 300 million Americans. Just the, the market. Mm -hmm. It's like my thing is like the market. Mm -hmm. There was never humans in between me and the world. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I yeah. think a lot about that. I'm trying to understand and decode so that it could be something that maybe I can speak on. But it was funny what, when you were just going through your whole story, I actually was envious. Because <laughs> I think it's cool. Like that is, like the reason I made the joke of like you've never been able to replicate, like you might not be able to as a child when you have an idol. Yeah. yeah and that yeah. idol gives you a compliment in the craft that he's like, I loved Randy the Macho Man Savage. <laughs> he was a lot, lot, I'm being dead serious. He would have been like a guy for me. But you know, if I got to meet him before he passed, if, if he would have been like, you're a great businessman, I've had that happen, but it's not in the same game. It's not like he told me I'm a great wrestler. Right. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. must have been fucking bananas for you. Oh, that was At insane, yeah. Sure. yeah. I mean, it, like, yeah, no, I was, that was an unreal thing, but then you it keeps going from there, right? Like uh, you have something else to look up to next. Of course. You know what I mean? Of so, course. But well, yeah, that, that, that was when I realized that I was like, I can maybe do something with this. Immediate, yeah. Well, that's yeah. actually the beauty of both versions of what we have. The human, which you gotta get lucky that the person lives up to the way you put them on a pedestal, which is always dangerous. Yeah, yeah. totally. For me, I think what, maybe it was even my fear of that. Actually, I'm really breaking this down live right here. I think the thing that's awesome about the market is you're not vulnerable to the human vulnerability. You know, your hero might be Hulk Hogan or Guy or, or Derek Jeter, but you might catch that human at the wrong moment when they're going through a divorce or through yeah. a difficulty or they lost some money or their mom died. And in that microsecond, you can be shattered because they don't deliver on the ideology. Yep. What's cool about the way I play is there is no human. It's just the market. So if I try to sell lemonade and I sell more lemonade than anybody, the market told me I'm better. If I wanna sell baseball cards and I made the most money at the card show, it wasn't any individual telling me I'm good or not. You know, school was telling me I was bad. School was telling me I was bad, but the market was always telling me I was good. Mm, you know, yeah. it's even now in the advertising world, I don't wanna be at the vulnerability of getting awards at Can Lions or Ad Age saying we're good. I don't care about awards and headlines because that's subjective. Mm -hmm. That's flawed. I, if I was in music, I wouldn't want to win a Grammy. That's right. politics. Yeah, I would just yeah, want to yeah. have the most songs that are listened <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. True. the market. Totally. Yeah. Right. And nowadays, you could get that da data. That's right. That's why I fuck with YouTube yeah. skaters yeah, that, and TikTok yeah. skaters. <laughs> <laughs> 
bringing it back around. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good at that. No, but it, but it's 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 definitely like I mean, even growing this podcast, it's like we took what people were saying in the comments and really kind of you know listen. Constructive criticism, I love. Is awesome. I love. Yeah, when someone listen, but people, you know, whatever. Honestly, I'll tell you one on that. If you guys are dealing with that at all, that you need to deploy with compassion. When somebody's like, "Fuck you guys," who do you think you are? You suck, or the show blows, or it's too Mm -hmm. long. For think about this: for somebody to take time out of their own day to try to go hurt somebody else's feelings, psycho. They're in a bad place. Like, like I I, and listen, I'm so out there. I'm so aggressive. There's people, you know, that this is too much energy for them being a guest on this show. (laughs) That are inevitably like, fuck this guy. Like, why they bring him on? I'm empathetic to that. Right. And I'm compassionate to it. I'm empathetic to my hate or my trolling or the people that try to throw darkness at me. Mm. I have love for them. Yeah. I I worry for them. I care about my fellow human. You are taking time out of your day to try to tear me down, there's no version of your life that that doesn't mean that you're hurting. Yeah, yeah. And you have to be compassionate to it. I, Dustin, as you know, yesterday, it happened yesterday. Like, I sent the team in our text read, somebody said, how cringe is this guy? Mm. That was the reply. Yeah. For me asking, who's cooler, the Smurfs or the Rugrats? <laughs> <laughs> that, was the, that was the tweet. <laughs> guy so guy, guy subtweets it, puts on top, how cringe is this guy? I see that he's an NFT in his profile. Mm. I know the NFT market is crashing. Oh. Right? Mm. So I'm like, he might have just lost a lot of money. Oh. I make a video. And I'm like, my man, I'm so sorry you think that about me. I really hope I get the chance to meet you in real life because I have a feeling we would hit it off or to that energy, not those exact words. Yeah. Immediately. Gary, I'm so sorry I was being mean. I'm like, you're not yeah. being mean. I got you. I love you. Right now, the biggest issue in our world is that people think the way you attack hate is with more hate. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, and, we, and we have dug, yeah. and we are now dug in. We are now dug the fuck in. People are changing their minds on issues just to be on the red or the blue team. Oh, for they don't sure. even believe it. They don't even believe it. Yeah. And so we're all the way there. And it's like sports. I see your Dodgers. Like Dodgers and Giant fans, that makes sense to me, but that's sports. That's fake life. Yeah. You're supposed to hate each other. That's good. I hate the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. I hate the Bulls. I hate everybody but the Jets and the Knicks. <laughs> that makes sense. That's silly. That's escapism. That's fun. But real life, human beings, we need to fucking love each other. Yeah. And I think it starts with you. And everybody wants to tell everybody else what to do. You have to lead by actions. The way I'm doing that is when people hate on me, I show them love, mm-hmm. not because I think it's a tactic or it's clever or kill them with kindness. It's because it's my true essence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, do people ever ask you or act like that in person to you at all? No. Yeah, was, no. Keyboard warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> occasionally, I actually respect it. Occasionally, um, sure, occasionally, maybe from far away, sometimes even up close, but it's all the same game to me. Like, Like, to me, I like the keyboard warrior thing because it shows people's truth more. Mm-hmm. They're not biting their tongue in person and it allows for dialogue that can help. Yeah, I yeah. wonder what it means when you show somebody love for the first time in the face of them giving you hate. Mm-hmm. Does that give them hope? It has to. Yeah, yeah. I think so. It has yeah. to. It makes sense to me. Yeah. And if I can give somebody hope that the world isn't just cutthroat and hates each other, that I have the emotional strength to deploy love in the face of hate, mm-hmm. and that gives them the debate that maybe there's others out there like that as well, that's what we should be doing for each other. Okay. I, I agree. Agree. Yeah. And yeah, if they yeah. double down, then there's, there's, we got problems. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's funny, Dustin and I had this combo, that's why he's laughing behind the camera, and I'll go, I'll go down to the next double down too. I'll probably go three to five chess moves. Mm-hmm. If I'm like deploying the most compassion, the most empathy, if I'm fighting for that for you, 
I'm okay with cutting bait to your point, but not on two. I usually am like cutting bait on five to seven to 12. That's my range. That's amazing that you have time and you make time for these individuals. And I'm not saying that it's like- It comes out of gratitude. You're I'm very so thankful. I'm very yeah. thankful yeah. for the fact that my mindset, my soul, my energy has it so good that I want others to have a taste of it. And it's my responsibility as someone who's happy to bring out more happiness. Mm-hmm. The problem in our world is that hate is very loud. Happiness is very content. Mm. When you're a happy warrior, when people shit on you, you can just move on. For sure. Yeah. 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 I feel a sense of responsibility as a happy warrior, as a kind warrior, that when people come at me, I can put in work to give them more love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, you know, we, we do get a, a few here and there. It's, it's mostly, it's like as, 90, it's, 99% it great. That's, that's right. But, it, you know, it's funny that you're, you know, when you're saying all that, I'm just thinking to myself, like, because uh, we've been labeled sometimes like the nice club or okay. something. And that's it's good. like, you know, and for me, it's like. Does that mean you guys aren't cool? No, no, no. It means that, like, we don't, too nice we, don't talk, we don't talk shit enough. We, we don't talk about, shit. On the sh- not that we don't deliberately talk shit. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? We do, but it's very casual. It's not like, so, majority of the time, we are nice. So no, we're complimenting. It's, it's more of like, I, like uh, we don't say like, oh, I, we hate this guy. We don't no. do. And they know, want you to. Like, we just don't. We we don't say we don't like something. Like if like that trick was done, we we don't go like, oh, that was fucking wet. Yeah, if we don't like something, we just don't even pay God, attention. Yeah, to it. We don't, don't pay attention we just to don't it. Right? Say anything about it. But the funny thing is, is like we, we when we started the show, we just wanted to hear skateboarders' stories, right? We wanted to, s- mm. and the whole thing about this show is like we just want to celebrate skateboarding. Yeah, yes. you know, we want to yeah, celebrate it. All we want to uplift it. We want to attract more people to it. We Cheerleading is good. Yeah. You don't yeah. like, and I get it. Like, the culture like creates a scenario where like there's a little bit of that edge needed. And, and like, I get it. That's, I, I'm fine. Not, I, that's fine. We have those moments. They're very rare, but they're in we there. We do. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. What do you constantly Look, want? I like, think, I think, I think empathetic critique mm-hmm. is a fascinating balance bean that's, that a crew like you guys could think about. You know, it's really hard to balance opposite energies. Right. Yeah. It's right. why people struggle with it. Like, I am content as it gets while being hungrier than anybody I've ever met in my life. Yeah. That is some wild ass shit. Yeah, yeah. I get why I confuse people, right? Sure. Like, like, that is a wild contradiction. But it's my truth. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for what I have. I'm gonna fight for more. Right. Nothing and, wrong with that. Nothing yeah, wrong with that. I think it's actually, I mean, I can tell you as someone who lives it, it's exactly right. Get out there and get grateful for what you have because when people are not content with what they have, they start to deploy envy on others that have perceived what they have. Sure. See, the biggest issue for a lot of people is they perceive that someone else is happy because they have a BMW. Yeah. But do they know them? Mm-mm. Like this concept of judgment as if you know that someone has it so good and you don't, is crazy. And I just, I wish people could really lean into true, let me give you an example. There's not one person on earth that's listening to this podcast right now that doesn't have it much better than most people on earth. If you have the time to listen to this podcast Mm -hmm. and the technology to listen to this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) there are 850 million people on earth that do not have access to clean water. Sure. Let me say this nice and slow for the kids in the back. I'm a, I'm a well member and a board member of Charity Water. There are 850 million people on earth that don't have access to clean water. That's insane. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. 
So, you know, like, yes, maybe you don't have a Lambo, and yes, maybe you can't get tickets to Coachella, and yes, maybe somebody's got a better board than you, and yes, maybe, you know, like, this, that, and the other, but like, we just spend too much energy on what everyone else has instead of being grateful for what we have. Sure. And I'm gonna say it again, if you're listening to this right now in a clip on TikTok, or the, it means you have a smartphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We need that. Definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely. How do you have so much energy, man? You are just going and luck going, of the draw, luck of luck of the draw of DNA. Yeah, right. Big part, right? Yeah, that's luck of the draw of DNA. It's it's just there. But I do think gratitude and perspective is my like I've compounded. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom and I talk about this. Like, yes, but like my circle of gratitude, my framework, the way I see the world, positive energy just gets fucking fast when you go there. Of course, you have a lot of energy if you're happy. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's about, you know, many things have not worked for me. Many things that people have put on paper as the thing that stops them have mm-hmm. happened to me. I just refuse to dwell. And that's interesting that you say that too, because I think in this day and age, a lot of people don't see the failures. They see all the wins, right? right. <sighs> they choose to see the wins, guys. Uh, that's true. You know, yeah. you know like, like, look at social. Mm-hmm. Like people say, there's unlimited, and I mean unlimited posts in social. I would argue there's as many posts on social of people talking about their mental unhappiness as there are people flexing their their trips. Oh yeah, yeah. People choose to say that. People say all the time, Gary, but nobody's real on social. I'm like, really? Go hit hashtag mental health on TikTok right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depression. Right. Like people are calling out for help. 24-7 on social. People choose when they're in the mindset of perspective to say that, well, we don't have, like, it's all there. Right. You find what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah, go out and search true. for it. That's yeah. True. You find what you're looking for. Yeah. People are looking to point to something as the excuse to why they're not ready to put in the work to make it better for themselves. Man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. It's a big one, brother. It is. It's a big it one. Is. People will use things, they'll point to things and say, Gary, you don't get it, social's fucking me up. Everyone says that their life is so good. I'm like, really? Why don't you put in hashtag depressed? Because mm. you'll find unlimited people. You want to feel better that other people are hurting too? Unlimited. There are more posts in the last 24 hours on TikTok and Instagram about other people that are hurting mentally mm-hmm. than anybody in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s could have consumed of content of having other people that they could relate to that are struggling. Yeah. In the last 24 hours. Right. Yeah. So yeah. my point is, we don't like accountability, all of us, me included. I used to have all sorts of excuses why I couldn't get my physical health better. I work too much. Somehow, miraculously, I found the hour to work out every day, and I work harder than I ever have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't ready. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm an alcoholic because my dad was an alcoholic. There's m- hundreds of millions of people's dads were alcoholics who started to have alcoholic tendencies, who fought their way through it, and are no longer alcoholics. Yeah. Mm. But you're not ready. Yeah. And I think we have to give breathing room for our friends and our family out there that are not ready, but, we, but because we love them, we can't let them to get away fully with excuses either. No, That's yeah. true. We need to give them room to have their excuses, but we must kindly communicate that that's exactly what it is. Strong. Yeah, yeah. very powerful. beautiful. Yeah. No, but it's interesting. That's fun stuff, I, right? I love, man. I, I love wrapping out with you, and I love, yeah, I love the business talk. I love the real talk. I love 
I love it all because um, I think, you know, we are a skateboarding podcast. We yes. talk about skateboarding. And, you know, I think people want to hear us talk about skateboarding, but I think they there's, there's more the, to life than just yeah. skateboarding. And we have other interests. And we, I want to just talk to a guy like you on the show who can relate to skateboarding, but maybe he's not in skateboarding. You're you going you're gonna to get a lot of comments on this show that are gonna go on opposite directions because you guys are innovating. For sure. You're gonna get a ton of people saying this was the best episode because yeah. you got into other subject matters. They got they got to hear something they liked from me. They got to get more insight to you guys. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna get other people and be like, stick to fucking skateboard. And that's appropriate. Absolutely. For sure. and, and the people that are like, fuck Gary and stick to skateboard, I get it. They're like, yeah. look, I get this from somewhere else. But the reality is when your intent is good, mm-hmm. your intent is to be creative and try new things. My intent coming here is to be respectful of this incredible genre and try to provide insights to things that I can you know, hopefully bring to the table. And so one of the things I struggle with in our society right now is that people are so quick to cancel and judge and shit on, yeah. but we've eliminated the concept of intent. Mm. There's a lot of people that will make a misstep in a video, you know, uh, Dustin and I are getting closer and closer. He's behind the ca- camera. Like, he said something about one of his favorite comedians made, you know, a piece of content. Oh, on this show. Fuck. Mark, oh, Mark Norman. Mark Norman. And, yeah. you know, he was talking about, like, it didn't bother. And, and like, I'm the same way. Like, like I struggle to be offended or upset, mainly because I just can sense that 97% of people's intent wasn't to hurt. For sure. Or to make bad. Right. We've got to put intent back into the culture. We need to talk about intent. Like, we can't be offended or devastated at every notion because if you take things out of context, they're out of context. Right. Right. If you take intent out of the equation, then the intent's out of the equation. Like, like, like when you make a joke as a stand-up comedian, you're either trying to make people escape from their day-to-day and laugh or think or look at something from different, or you're trying to hurt people's feelings. Oh, by the way, Almost every professional comedian <laughs> is not trying to hurt feelings. No, no. Sure. right. Yeah, yeah. Try to make you fucking laugh. But we are in a place right now where all of them are getting judged as you hurt my feelings because we've enabled that culturally as the framework and we've overcoddled. Yeah. And we've oversensitivity yeah. and we've created eighth place trophies at skating events, which make no fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> if you get an eighth place trophy at a skating event, throw that trophy in the trash. <laughs> That, tr- that trophy is worth trash. Eighth what place. do they have at Tampa? It's like just for yeah, showing uh, up? No, like, yeah, well they have one through 12. One through 12. Yeah, yeah. L- l- just on the record, if you're listening right now and you have a 12th place trophy in your room, please get up right now. <laughs> throw it Take away. it and throw it directly in the fucking garbage. <laughs> there's nothing good about a 12th place trophy. There's nothing good. You can. There's a lot of good of you went to Tampa and you gave a real fuck and you tried real fucking hard sure. and 11 people are more talented than you subjectively, by the way, sometimes because yeah. people are judging, right? Yeah, sure. Maybe you came in seventh if God was judging, but you came in 12th because the humans decided, but take your fucking 12th place trophy and throw it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> because, because what has happened is people believe a 12th place trophy is as good as a first place trophy and then they go into real life and they struggle because real life when mommy and daddy are not trying to make you feel good anymore and they're not there for you, you don't know how to deal. Losing is the best. Sure. Losing is the best. Mm -hmm. We demonized losing to children for the last 30 years and that's why so many children are struggling as 30 year olds because they think losing is bad and then they become depressed. I lost, I didn't get the promotion, I suck. Mm -hmm. I didn't do the, no, no, losing is good. Oh yeah. Losing's the best. As a matter of fact, I like it so much, check this out. 
Grew up liking all four sports. Rangers, New York Rangers, Knicks, Jets, Yankees. Mm-hmm. Didn't win a championship my entire childhood. <laughs> Devastated. Senior year, 30 days before I graduated, my New York Rangers finally did it. They won a Stanley Cup. I was there, one of the greatest days of my life. Finally, you know, 15 years of fandom, all four sports, 60 seasons, when it was the biggest thing in my life, uh-huh. my skateboarding, mm-hmm. and finally got one. Yeah. Two years later, the Yankees did the same. Mm. The second both of those two teams won a championship, I stopped rooting for them. Mm. I am now solely a Jets and Knicks fan. Because I enjoy the process of losing and the process of trying to win more than winning. Yeah. And in that is the secret of why I am content and happy every day. We have to teach children that losing is good. Mm-hmm. We tell kids that cry when they lose in Little League that that's bad, it's great. My, my uh, son's team, one of the kids cried after a game a couple weeks ago, I ran over to that kid, I'm like, more crying. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I, su- I swear to God, I swear to God. It means he cares, means he competes, yes. means he wanted to win. Yeah. Kids should cry. They're trying to calibrate the feelings of not winning when they want to win so bad. Absolutely. If we take that away, they're not gonna wanna win so bad. Straight up. Straight up. Not everyone deserves a trophy. No, and, and here's why. You can, you can get a trophy or the perception of it or there's no winners is just not human nature. It's, yeah. like, it's like communism. Guys, Marxism on paper, if you go Google, read Marxism. It's actually beautiful. It's like the nicest poem you've ever read. We're all equal, we're the best. I love it, I love it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not the human animal spirit and that's okay. Same with, you know, it's great to tell your kid, you tried, but Ronnie's better. Or like you went at it hard, I'm pumped. You, you developed that skill better. This week was better than three weeks. It's great to communicate around progress. It is atrocious to eliminate merit. And one in 12, 12 place trophies is eliminating merit. Sure. You're not the same as the kid that won the whole thing. You're not. No, exactly. Get that trophy out of your fucking house. <laughs> <Get that trophy. laughs> well, I, I watched one thing with you where you had like all your grades like on your desk. Yes. Like, like what, you had like D's and F's. I was an atrocious student. My point every time I bring up my report card to people is the worst system in our society is teaching everyone to be good every 90 days on an arbitrary machine that doesn't have anything to do with life. We can't do that to our kids. There are parents grounding their kids for bad grades. There are kids that grow up incredibly insecure as mm-hmm. grown-ups because they were bad at school because they had a creative brain. Right. Yeah, yeah, this right. is fucked up yeah. shit. I'm, I'm starting to go... Even my team's seeing it right now. I'm starting to take a different tack altogether. I've been shitting on it. Now I'm gonna really like go there. Like I, I feel my next chapter with my conversation around the modern education system is coming. I've been like razzing it and dissing it. I'm gonna start holding it like to a different conversation. Like I hate shaming and I hate like being righteous. Mm. And so I think it's fucked us up a little bit. Mm. So I don't wanna go there with the school system. I'm gonna go in a different place. I'm gonna plead compassionately to parents, which is like, I'm telling you with my fucking heart, please don't do this to your children. Show me how it maps to real life because I can show you that it doesn't. You show me that all the AB students are the happiest and most successful people on earth and I'll shut the fuck up. (laughs) You show me, you show me. No seriously, (laughs) I'm some shit on this. You show me that every A plus student that went to Harvard is the happiest 
and most successful person on earth and I'll shut the fuck up. But guess what? You can't. So I'm gonna keep talking this game. Keep talking. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talk about how like we went to high school or I went to high school and everything or grew up and like I never got taught about anything about money, taxes, anything. <sighs> like mm-hmm. nothing Mortgages. that I do nothing yeah. that I do now. I mean, yeah, they taught me English and that's great. Like, you know what I mean? But you would have learned English anyway. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, for sure. You would have. Yeah. You can't not. You walk yeah. around Earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like 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 you would have learned English anyway. Yeah. Like, listen, I'm still a listen. There are many my, my daughter loves school. Like I love it. Do do you, but but self-awareness, truth about people's skill sets, not suppressing creativity. I have so much concern that we're over-drugging, over-policing our children oh, yeah. and we're limit I believe for fact that some of the most special people that walk earth have been take their parents and the school system have sucked their specialty out and they will be a shell of themselves and they will not create the things that change our earth because of modern POVs on hyper kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I would be if I was unlucky and was born 40 years later to different to a different mother, I can tell you right now I would have not achieved who I was because they would have had me on everything. Uh, yeah. They would have had me locked the fuck up because I was completely out of control. <laughs> yeah. I was completely out of control and that out of controlness allowed me to see the world differently. Mm-hmm. Allowed me to innovate, allowed me to be more thoughtful, allowed me to be clear. Mm-hmm. In the gray. Mm. Yeah, I didn't hold your mind back. 100%. Yeah. Well, parents is- must fight for their kids if they believe it. There's plenty of parents listening right now like, fuck you, Gary. I believe it. And, and I went to Harvard and I believe And good. I'm definitely never going to tell anybody how to parent their kids. Everyone's mm. got their own shit. Comma, there's a lot of parents that are scared to say fuck. You know, when NWA said fuck the police, that was some crazy ass <laughs> shit. We grew up with that, right? Yeah. I think a lot of parents need to step up and say fuck the school. Mm. I could second that. I mean, sure. you got a kid, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been happening, you know, in uh, the schooling system in this, in this past year and a half. Oh, interesting. You know, so it's um, it's gotten to a point where, you know, I know a lot of people are taking their kids out of school. Or, or, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's funny. Homeschooling requires financial and reality. So a lot of parents who'd want to take their kids out, but they both love they their career. Yeah, they sure. can't afford. There's a lot going on. What I'm saying is homeschooling is one thing. Right, people do it, it's amazing, if you can. This is about the conversation you have with your children. The conversation my mother had with me was very simple, which is you're gonna get grounded if you get bad grades because I wanna teach you accountability. You do something, something happens. However, nothing about school defines you. Right. Got it? You're the best. Mm -hmm. You're incredible at these other things. You're a little lazy with school and I'm not pumped about it and you're gonna get grounded, kind of fake, <laughs> two weeks, not really, she always stopped after three days. <laughs> she was, she was, did it right. A lot of parents can't take their kids out, can't take them to private school, they definitely can't afford that, can't take them homeschooling, they can't afford that, or they don't, or by the way, back to permission, or they don't want to and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. But the convo they have with their kids should be, I want you to be a good person, you need to be kind of respectful, but if you get these or Fs, you're gonna be just fine. Now let's mm-hmm. figure out what you are and let's triple down on that. There you go. Because what my mom did was like, look, you're not going to Stanford, so you're gonna have to work. (laughs) You know, so like you turn 14 and you're gonna work in dad's store and I'm like, fuck, no more summer vacation? No more summer vacation. You're more than welcome to get A's and then you can have all your summer vacation because then you're gonna have a cush life because you can get a job. Mm -hmm. But if you're gonna go this route, you better learn how to fucking work. And that I respect, that I admire. I'm so thankful 
How am I so happy? Because I had the best fucking mom, dad, got real fucking lucky, was taught all the right things. And I feel a level of guilt and gratitude that I think has now created Gary Vee. Mm. You know, I've always asked myself, why am I putting myself so out there? It comes with so much baggage. Oh, yeah. and all this, I just want to help. Yeah. <laughs> you help yeah, a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, like, I want to help. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. You're a big inspiration here because I first saw you, Roger told you his amazing story yeah. before, but I would, it's, it's kind of funny because I would, I would live here, I'd come out and I would hear this loud ass voice in there. <laughs> wow. I was like, what the fuck is Roger listening to? And it was your voice. And it's, it's amazing how you've inspired Roger so much that's actually helped Roger and Chris create this show. Yeah. And I, so we want to say thank you thank for that. I'm very humbled. Time, very we have some blueberry pie here for you. <laughs> I know. Thank you, brother. And the blueberries. Did you, see the, did you see the magnet? I see it right on the thing. It's, it's like, you don't even know. I wish people, it, it makes me emotional. Like, it's, I'm just so grateful. Like, you know, it's like fucking crazy. Like, I've just been so gifted with the ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of people that are built to, gifted with communication the way you were gifted with skating, a lot of them sell bad. Yeah. Right. They start right. cults. They become dictators. They they push bad stuff. Yeah. I not only believe that I'm an all time communicator, on the luck of the what did I do? On the luck of the draw. Mom and dad had sex at the right moment. That's why <laughs> on the luck of the draw I became this communicator. I had this crazy talent to communicate. And then on top of that, God gifts me with the greatest mother of all time who instilled nothing but accountable kindness in me so that I can amplify that to the world and then have all the residual good that comes along with that, it's profound, it's humbling, it's, it's everything to me. I love it, so I love it. Well, you're doing you, and that's what's, yeah. that's what's great. And you have a great you know? team around you, looks yeah, like, I've met man. Ben. and uh, uh, Ben, yeah. big shout out to Ben, I mean, Ben's yeah. why I'm here. Like, Ben is, first, second, I, like, you know, like, it's crazy, like, you meet people along the way, Ben's obviously of this culture, you guys know him really mm, well, yeah. like, that's what I, you know, the reason I think, you know, Ben had different interests to me. We had a hip hop crossover interest, but, you know, like his streetwear, I mean, what he's doing with Grand, like just who he is. Who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, he mm-hmm. works hard and he's. He's nice. Yeah, he's a nice he's dude. Very, very genuine. And yeah. that's very rare these days, you know? How you do know you, what's how funny, do... brother? I'm going to say this. This is, where, this is where it's so fun. I don't think it's as rare. I think we have to give, we have to. Us, who are wherever we are, have to empower the nice, genuine people to triple down on it, Mm. to make it cooler. Like my obsession is to make kindness and empathy and compassion the coolest. Right. The coolest. Yeah. You know, skating wasn't the coolest in 1979. And then in 86, across this nation, it became the coolest. It was that cool. I was there, I watch it, this is what I'm good at. (laughs) That's what I wanna do for kindness. For genuine, like, like we need to, like, when I was growing up, whoever was the biggest dick in high school was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know, right? right? Yeah, that's what we yeah. grew up with. Mm-hmm. Now I want the nicest single person in every high school to be the coolest person in school. I want them to get the girl, to them to get the guy. Sure. I want them to get the roses from the class. I want them to be homecoming. Like, look what all the movies we watched and all grew up with. Who was the homecoming queen? The people that visually looked the best that were mean to everybody. It was the mean girl and the mean guy. <laughs> yeah. We need to change that, and I think we can, and I think there's an opening for it, and everybody shits on social for doing bad. Mm. Fuck old media. They perpetuated that. Right. They told me who was gonna win. The jock and the mean cheerleader. That's who won in high school. That's who got the car. That's who got the money. That's who got the girl. Social allows everything to open. Yeah. Everybody focuses on the bad, it opens. How about the good? How about I'm out here popular as fuck? 
I'm popular as fuck now. <laughs> I have unlimited. <laughs> it is what it is. No, you, you, you said it. I, it is what it is. I'm no. standing on. I know. I'm living my life. I'm standing there trying to get on the plane yesterday. Right, Dustin. Person after person, selfie after selfie, Jeez. all looking different, different ages, different gender, different interests. I'm popular and I'm pushing fucking real kindness out here. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. And I know that there's a nine year old who's like, I want to be like Gary. I want to be mm-hmm. rich and cool and this. And if, if that makes him subconsciously say, I'm gonna be nice to everybody, because that's the way, well, that's what I'm about. I love yeah, it. I bro. see it, bro. Definitely. That's so sick, dude. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys Round for having me. Hold on, hold yes. on. One more question. <laughs> yeah, please, please, please. No, please, I know sorry. you're busy. I know you gotta go. Yeah, you got a million other things to do. I'm just curious, because, you know, entrepreneurship, yes. you love it. If, you know, and let's, if you were to start a skateboard company tomorrow, Right. How would you go about? I love it. Marketing or trying to get a foot in the door. Let's let's break it down because I have a lot of thoughts on this. Okay. What kind of skate? What am I selling? Uh, you're selling skateboards yep. and and apparel. Got it. And you have to build a team around you too, with the, which is skateboarders that would sell this apparel. Eighty five percent of my energy would be against TikTok. Would be what? Against TikTok. Against meaning like you, in, in, oh, in, in it. it. Sure. Deploying against TikTok. Okay. TikTok team. Because TikTok is where the attention of nine to 39 is. You know what's funny you say that? Because I, I think that the, the, the skateboard companies and, and, and uh, you know, the core, yep. whatever, I don't think that they're, they're they know how to use. They don't, like, they, they don't know how to, yet, they yeah. don't know how to like infiltrate some, some TikTok. I know, do, I know. You know. I agree. Yeah. I would, the cool I, way. Yeah. That's what I, I, would, I would completely and utterly pound creative mm-hmm. and run media and sponsor influencers, I would bombard TikTok with almost all of my energy. Now, would you hire somebody just, just for that social media aspect of it? Yes, but if we're getting very personal for all the entrepreneurs that are listening, or you guys, or anybody else, when something's the most important, if you do not know how to judge it, mm. you are vulnerable when you hire for it. Mm. Oh yeah. If you know nothing about TikTok, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you hire a kid to do your TikTok for your skateboard brand, the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea if he's doing it well. Yeah. yeah. If she's doing it well. Yeah. So you need to immerse yourself as you a gotta business get, owner. To you're gonna love this. Is what I love about skate. One of the things I love about skate because of how it came up, the OGs, even the executives, a lot of them skated. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. For it's, sure. It's, for sure. It's still young, so mm-hmm. it's super authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That, that's what I want the skate community entrepreneurs that are listening right now to do. If you know that what you respect is executives in these companies or the, or the representatives in the brands are actually of it, well, if TikTok's going to be your moat, you need to fucking do TikTok. Mm-hmm. Even if you're 42 and you're an entrepreneur and it's been a long time and you did none of the social, spend 20, remember 1991 when you worked your way into being good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work your way into being good on TikTok. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Just because you don't know it now, it's no different than the day before you picked up the board. Mm-hmm. The day you picked up the board started the process of you getting good. The day you pick up your phone and start consuming TikTok, hitting different hashtags, putting in skateboarding, enter, search, consume everything. That did well. Why did that do well? Look at these comments. Why? Right. Work, 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 work. Then you can start really understanding what to do. Then you can judge the person you're interviewing if they understand it. Mm-hmm. You could definitely hire somebody to skate. Sure. You yeah. know what it looks like. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But can you yeah. hire somebody to do TikToks? Not if you don't know it. 
Yeah. yeah. I love I love what you're saying right there because like, you know, Mr. Beast, yes. right? Phenomenal. The best YouTuber the best. ever. But he, you know, before he made it big, he was analyzing everything. He still he is. Was, yeah. Well, still is, but I mean just I was with Jimmy last summer. But He's just, still in it. But just to get Charlie. but to, to get there. He was, you know, Listen, I'm, thousands and thousands analyzing thumbnails and this and and camera cuts and I mean he had, you know, he that lived his it. passion. That's his passion right there. He yeah. is a man of his craft. It's crazy. It's, it's the it. best. It's why I adore him. It's why I've always given him daps. We've gotten closer in the last couple of years. I love that dude. Yeah. I, it's what I live. I do it now. I, you know, I have the most successful marketing agency when it comes to social media marketing in the world. Mm-hmm. VaynerMedia is that. Right. I'm the best practitioner of social in my company. And I'm the it. CEO. Yeah. <laughs> and they all know it. And 46 years old. And 46 yeah. years old. Yeah. There's no 23 year old that scares me at all. Half my age, I'll destroy that fucker. <laughs> they don't know it better. Because every 23 on, year old on earth might be able to be better at one thing than me, but not all of them. That's very nice that you think, and maybe actually I'll give it to you, you're better at TikTok than I am. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about LinkedIn. Explain to me what's happening on Twitter. What's happening on Pinterest? Have you even heard of it, 23-year-old dude? Like, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> Reddit. Reddit is a big thing now, too. Reddit, all Discord. of it. Did yeah. All of it. Wait, wait, what makes TikTok so much, like, why TikTok? They don't cap virality. Okay. I've, I've noticed, I've watched, I look things, like, the no, views on that go bananas. To but like, have you noticed the most interesting part? Go look at Instagram. Go look at Twitter. Go look at Facebook. Go look at anything right now and look at somebody's account and notice how almost all their stuff is in the same amount of reach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost all of it is in this. YouTube has this as well, where you could have you know four thousand, four thousand, four thousand, a hundred thousand right. videos, right? Yeah. So that's why YouTube's so powerful. Platforms that don't cap the reach, that are completely about if people like it, they'll keep showing it to you. Uh-huh. Will always win. TikTok is the most advanced algorithm on the interest, so you'll see crazy shit on TikTok, aka. The first TikTok somebody ever posted got a million views when they had three followers. Uh, you'll see 300, 300, 300, 300 views, eight million. Right. Yeah, that doesn't yeah, happen yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. So the merit of it is intoxicating because most people don't want to start because they have no followers, they're not good at it. Yeah. And then if they're good at creative, if the ninth post goes crazy, they're like, wait a minute. Mm, sure. That's why. And another reason, the supply and demand of attention. Right now there's more attention on TikTok than there are people creating for it. The reason Instagram is harder now, everybody thinks it's this, It's funny for me to watch people talk about some, it's, the, the biggest reason that I no longer talk about most things is I realized I'm undereducated about healthcare and somebody that knows a lot about healthcare might hear me talk and I sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so people are always like, Facebook, fu- Instagram's fucking me, the algorithm, I'm shadow banned. You're not shadow banned, your, pro- your content sucks. Yeah. <laughs> You're not as good anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's harder to be good because there's more people on it, there's more ads, mm-hmm. and there's, there's more content and less attention. Instagram doesn't own 20 to 30 anymore like it used to. They're all on TikTok. So there's less eyes, there's more ads, there's more people producing for Instagram today than seven years ago. Yeah. So it's just supply and demand. TikTok in four years is not going to have eight million easy anymore either. Yeah, yeah I was going to say when more ad, get capped down. It's always the same game: supply yeah. and demand. Yeah. I wish we didn't have to cut this short. I Damn. wish you could stay here all day and hang out with nice. us, but I know you're a very busy, man, and I know you yes, got stuff man. to do. I, I love that last piece, man, because like I just got into TikTok, and like I know it's a little late, but better late than never. By the Whatever. way, by the way, not late. Oh, yeah, okay. I want perfect, everybody perfect here to time. Not late. Not and late. I, Go ahead. And I, and I just, I'm going to post right I, now. <laughs> Good. Yeah. No, I did. I, I, 
I, I saw a friend of mine. It's where I got into it. It's like a friend of mine. She was like, oh yeah, I started doing these TikTok videos, and she was genuinely she was going she's going to um. Home Depot and just dancing in Home Depot and it was just going nuts and it's not like like wow what a way you can just get yourself out there by doing whatever you want to do and not having to be oh, I gotta do it this way or whatever I just, everything I, plays yeah as long as it's you yeah exactly do that, you that was cool. do you yeah. Gary do thank you so much for thank coming so by thank appreciate you. that yeah hey, hey, usually we hey. give every we give all the guest uh, stuff on the show but uh, we'll give it to you as you're walking thank out you the so door much. we got some yeah. nine club swag I'm for pumped you. I will rock it heavy yes cheers. Thank, Thank you, everybody. So